cool. <laughs> we're gonna rock with that. So, um, sounds good. I'm super excited today to be here with my friend Caleb Koo. Um, we've known each other for a couple of years now. Um, one of my uh, really good friends lately, and um, I'm excited to talk to him on the music between us. Um, he's a recording artist himself, and just a great guy. So, welcome, Caleb. Oh. Thanks, James. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm actually uh, really excited to be here because music's just like one of my passions. And um, yeah, it's just something that I can talk about for hours. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we've got one hour, so we'll just have to have you back another time. Um, but yeah, we can get through it. Um, so I mean, we can just talk about I think last time naturally was the first time we ever recorded this podcast and you just kind of naturally talked through like your evolution of like music alongside yourself. So like if you tell us where like music, whether making it or listening to it kind of started and like how you grew from that, that'd be yeah. a good place to start. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up um, like a lot of like, I guess, East Asian kids. Um, a lot of us had um, taking piano lessons, violin lessons, things like that. So I actually, um, had piano lessons from when I was like a kindergartner all the way up to like 12th grade. Mm -hmm. So that was like 13 years of lessons. Uh, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I never practiced. And you know, the teachers would always be like, you're wasting your parents' money. Like, why are you, um, you know, like, why are you not practicing? But I think it wasn't until like the very like end of the last two years of learning that I actually really started developing a love for it. Mm -hmm. um, and through that, um, even branched out to like other instruments and kind of um, got into actually like doing a little bit of songwriting um, and just like composing things of my own. I'm like by no means like a musical expert. I just want to put that <laughs> disclaimer out there early yeah. on. So those two years you're talking about, what years, like how old were you in those two years? I was like right at the end of high school. Okay. Um, and, you know, like I think high school, middle of high school is when like your music tastes in like what you actually like to listen to starts really developing. So I think that's when um, that combined with um, like me learning piano, the two kind of just like intersected where I was like, oh, I can actually play songs that like I love or like mm -hmm. um, even play genres that I listen to. So that was like um, kind of like the moment I realized right around, I think the end of high school where I, I think I think like the listening to music portion kind of intersected with like the actual music creation portion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I know you started a band at some <laughs> point. Was that in high school? Was it that in that time period too? Uh, yeah. So I'd played it like in, um, it was like a really garage band. We have one, one album out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like kind of embarrassed to talk about it, but um, yeah, it was like your angsty, like high school. Uh, for me, it was even like early college really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was like in those days, but I had actually never taken drum lessons and I ended up um, just kind of feeling it out, um, just learned it on my own really. So my technique's actually kind of bad, but like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think the thing about me when I drum is like, I feel the music. So I play mm. in a way that kind of like, um, I guess like matches what I feel the music should sound like. So I, I started drumming for um, my home church, actually. They had like a like music team there and I was on that for a while um, as the drummer. And so that kind of translated into nice. almost like a screamo metal, <laughs> like angry punk punk band, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, of all, like how many instruments can you play? 
I, I only knew you could play the piano, to be honest. But I think you might have told me drums and I might have forgotten. But like how many like do you do you play like when you're making music? Playing proficiently versus like playing. Yeah, like uh, proficiently, sure. I think like really I only play piano like really proficiently. Mm-hmm. Drums I can play well enough. So I think like I can throw down like decent beats. Like I learned how to like use like double kicks, even though I wasn't ever like really good at like like technically like doing like crazy floaters or anything like that. But like yeah. I, I could do like, you know, your like any kind of rock beat I can do. Uh, I also dabbled a little bit in like guitar. So I took a little bit of guitar lessons actually from my brother, who's an excellent guitarist and the guitarist of the band I was in. Um, but yeah, so I know like basic chords. I also know how to play like bass and a little bit of ukulele as well. So nice. Yeah. Which of those was like the first one that you played a song that you liked in that like intersection of like being able to play and also love music? I actually think it was drums. Drums? Yeah. Okay. What song? Do you know what song it was? Um, I don't think I have a specific one in mind. Um, so I grew up like listening to the 80s rock, like mm-hmm. a lot of 80s rock music with my brother. So it was like a lot of um, Van Halen, mm-hmm. Bon Jovi, um, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, you know. So we'd actually just like play their music um, and then he'd play the guitar parts. And I'd just be drumming along to it. And that's kind of like actually how I learned is from that era. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So would you say your brother is responsible for getting you into that specific genre of music or who introduced you or how did that happen? I think it's my brother. Yeah. Your brother, yeah. And remind me, is you, your brother's younger than you, right? I have two. So you this two is brothers. my older brother, yeah. Your older brother got you into it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he has really, really good music taste, actually. He's also like um, like a songwriter and uh, producer himself and actually he kind of got me kickstarted on making music um so yeah. yeah that was like nice um along that like journey of you know playing music the discipline of becoming a good artist and then your music taste developing did you see any like um intertwining of um your development as a person along with your taste or and or your skill in music yeah, so I think that's a really good question, actually. Um, I think the more you start to do something, and I think this goes with like anything, like the more you learn about something, whether it's music or music production or how to play the drums or just anything in general, I what I found is like the more you know, the more you learn, it feels like the less good you are at it. I don't know if that makes <laughs> yeah. sense at all, but it's just like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I guess like, you realize the gap between like what it takes to be actually like that good. So I think in terms of understanding um, music and understanding like what makes music quote unquote good to you or like what starts like appealing to you and your taste in general, I think it kind of shifts over time because as I was like learning how to play the drums or as I was learning how to produce music, I started understanding like, wow, this is actually like really difficult to do. Yeah. Grew an appreciation for certain types of music that I might not have even appreciated before. Yeah. Um, so tying that back to you, like as a person, was there, was there a time that that paid off for you outside of the music or, or maybe you were escaping something through that or what do you mean by paid off? Like, like you had a humbling experience like <laughs> of um, every day. <laughs> yeah. So like you yeah. had a humbling experience and realizing like, oh, those people are great because they're one talented and they worked really hard. So yeah. like. Did that ever like, did that ever settle in for you? Like if I want to be that, this is what has to happen. And maybe that's not what I want kind of 
moments? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think that the first time, <coughs> excuse me, the first time I think I really realized that was um, I was doing my first, I think, like recording session for um, the band I was playing for. Mm -hmm. And I think this was the first time I actually was put on a very strict clicker. So you have to play like beat by beat, mm -hmm. like right on the grid. And I think that was like probably the most humbling experience because I, I we practiced a lot in like the basement. So I think I felt like I was like, oh, I can, you know, like do, do the fills or I can hold the beat and all of that. But then when you actually get into a studio and like the person who's producing your music says, all right, we're recording now, clicks the little go button and you hear the clicker in your ear and you're trying to play with like um, the rest of the band with no drum, obviously, because you're just hearing guitar and you're trying to play along with it. Like the amount of takes I had to do was like super humbling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting um yeah i'm kind of digging for uh like was there any like emotional connection to, like in those in those moments to like external stuff like not music related at all um by emotional connection do you mean like like ex external events in my life that kind of was shaping me uh, as a musician or Either way, it goes either direction. Like there's those moments where you're struggling and you're like with the, the music and you're like, oh man. Um, or you have like a moment in your life and you're like, I need to go record. I wish I was recording or I, something like that in there. Yeah, I think it, it goes both ways. Uh, and I think it's a, that's a really good question. Um, one of the albums I've been listening to a lot actually is by one of my favorite EDM producers, Porter mm -hmm. Robinson. Um, he has a new, he, his latest album is called, um, Nurture, but essentially a lot of the songs talk about, um, his struggles as a musician mm -hmm. and kind of like that imposter syndrome and like the voices you hear in your head of like not being good enough. So I think, sorry, to your point of like music evoking some kind of emotional response when you're trying to create, um, at least in my experience, I have experienced like a lot of frustration. Mm -hmm. Even right, like right now, I'm kind of like just sitting on it. And I'm like, I'm not going to open this laptop because like I'm just not feeling my my own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think one of the best uh, pieces of advice I heard was actually from Sarah, Sarah Congdon. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I asked her because she's a creative, um, like because you do this for a living, you know, mm -hmm. like you're like in the art space and you're creating art for a living. Like, what do you do when you're just like stuck and you're completely drained out of like creative juices and you have nothing left and you're just like left really frustrated. And she told me like what she does actually is she taps into that feeling of frustration and then uses it and channels it into creating something new. So it's like, I think there's like um, something kind of cool, like in the relationship with like making music and like, sometimes it's just like that perseverance and pressing through it. Yeah. Um, that kind of gets you through. Um, but yeah, the other side I think that you were also asking about is yeah. like using music production or music writing or music creation as like a means of escape or or a means of dealing with emotion. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's actually what got me started writing music mm -hmm. um, was just like, I suck at words. I don't know. Like <laughs> even right now, I'm just like, I'm struggling. But like, yeah. I feel like for me, um, creating, like, I guess expression of thought mm -hmm. or even just like emotion or things that are kind of like maybe without inside. it without it being words if you're struggling with words then it's exactly not that. got it 
Yeah. That, it's like another way to speak without speaking. Other dimensions yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I won't hammer you anymore <laughs> on that one. So um, you mentioned EDM music. So that's kind of what I know you as because I've listened to some of the stuff you've put out in like the last year or so. Um, and so you ended up making some like EDM and like remixes stuff. How do you go from like 80s rock to a Screamo album to just like some really chill and really good, I think personally, EDM music? Um, like is how did that happen? <laughs> Um, honestly, I feel like, oh, that's a really good question. Um, to be fair, like, I think I could be doing anything music related, like, um, even if it was just like classical, like mm -hmm. if I was good enough, obviously I'm not, if I was good enough to play like in a full orchestra as like the, like a concert pianist, I feel like that would be so fun. Um, so for me, music's just like, it's just like a love of my life. Um, but yeah, I think I'm able to kind of like jump from all these genres and dabble a little bit in each one. And even I think like CCM is, is like kind of like its own beast of its own. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it it comes from just like a um, appreciation of all the different genres. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like so it's the same expression and love, but it just has come out in different ways yeah. just as you've you know changed and mm -hmm. come up as a person? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, would you say your like favorite stuff that you've like made is more recent, or do you have like things that you think are bad that were favorites you look back on like with nostalgia? I actually have a lot of unreleased stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I think like if you ask any artist, they probably have like hundreds of songs like in their. Yeah. Why didn't you? Why didn't you release your favorites? Uh, I don't know if they're my favorites, and that's the thing. Like, I think my favorites. Okay, I think I have ones that I haven't released that are my favorites, but I'm planning mm -hmm. on releasing. Mm. But I have like a lot of old stuff, almost like an entire Google Drive of just like different songs and even iterations and versions of the same song. Where mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm cutting off this entire ending and just like doing something completely different and seeing how it sounds. Um, I think that's just in me, like the perfectionist, where I'm like, I don't want to release something until I'm happy with where it is and like I feel like it's in a good place and even then like after releasing I look back like I remember the moment I clicked release on my first song I was yeah. like wait no, no, no thinking <laughs> back. Like, I was immediately like like ready to just like yeah reverse you know and um like redo some things what but. was what was the feedback from like people that you sent it to even because you sent it out into the ether and was it because like what you're scared but like in my experience when you do that the people whose opinion I care about the most were so nice to me. And it was like really nice, even though I still like deep down had that fear that it was out there. Yeah. I think the feedback, I mean, obviously I think, um, <laughs> people are, people have been nice about it, but I'm also <laughs> like, is it just cause you know, like you're my friend and you're not yeah. gonna offend me? Like, you know, uh, maybe that's just like the, like the, the self doubt that's kind of creeping in, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think at least I did notice like, I think it's true. Everyone is like their own harshest critic. Mm -hmm. So anything I create, I kind of look at with like the meanest kind of, yeah, I guess pen and paper. Mm -hmm. So you've got all these different um, styles of music that you like, um, that you listen to. Um, do you pull from a variety of them for like inspiration? Because I know you say like sometimes you're just drained from like all inspiration. 
but like if you're like looking for some to like pull from like what would generally do you go to uh well i think because i'm making like music within a certain genre i'm making it within like the like the electronic space i find that listening to other electronic artists and seeing like the trends of how music is moving because music's always evolving and mm -hmm. so even if you listen to electronic music from like 2011 to like today it's like so night and day yeah. yeah um but i think i've actually found almost like more inspo inspo outside of electronic mm -hmm. so like i've like i don't know like even classical or like listening to stuff that has like um like a miyazaki uh, have you ever seen like the um studio ghibli films i don't think so no oh okay <laughs> well, you have to watch those those are really good okay. but like the music scores for those movies are um just like phenomenal but it's mm. like very orchestral and it makes you feel something so i think a lot of mm. times like even like finding inspiration that's not necessarily in music like even watching movies can be like a source of inspiration for me yeah that's great um so yeah do you listen do you listen to the same music for like inspiration for making music and inspiration for like life and like <laughs> Because like you said, classical music, uh, those scores made you feel something. Um, do you go to those in particular moments other than musical inspiration? Uh, I mean, I just enjoy it in general. Yeah. So I think like um, listening to music as a means of enjoyment in general, um, I kind of listen to like all sorts of genres. But like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think for inspiration, yeah, I don't know. I think they kind of blend actually. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, because it can do different things at different moments, like what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like it's a. It always surprises me when someone's into classical music. Um, like I have a friend who um, majored in like industrial engineering and classical piano. Oh, nice. Like, at Northwestern, and like you had a, have no idea that he like is like a genius like <laughs> on the piano, and he knows all these different things, and like. I've known him since I was like 10 years old and uh, not mm. until like last year he was yeah, like, no he was I, well, I knew he played the piano because like sometimes I would see like him play like when we were hanging out or like he'd practice or it was like in their house. But I was hanging out with him and another guy who also like was trained pretty well on the piano. And then they were like, they were talking about it with each other and then like laughing about things that didn't make any sense to me like at all. And so they're like, and there's just like, ah, oh, the most basic, like this, like composer's piece. Like he thought that was like hot stuff. And I was like, dude, you're talking trash about classical music. <laughs> and I just never, I've never had the exposure to that specifically. Um, so I think that's really interesting that that's where you draw from. Um, yeah, I think there's, oh, sorry. Didn't cut you off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's like, uh, it's, it's tough. Like when you, even when you talk about genres, like. I think classical in and of itself is such a wide genre. Like it mm -hmm. covers everything from classical, but I guess you could, could also consider like romantic era or like impressionist era as like part of that too. Um, so actually the, the latter two are the ones that I, I kind of tap into a little bit more. And what are like defining characteristics of that? Because like, you know, obviously someone that doesn't know much, you say you're not an expert. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I think like old, old stuff, but you mentioned a movie score. So classical music is modern and I don't naturally think of that. So like, can you like, yeah, I could, I could give you like a quick rundown. So it kind of went from like, essentially like Gregorian chant music, you know, yeah. just like people in these halls, mm -hmm. um, that you kind of 
picture with like medieval times um and it kind of evolves i mean i'm this is like a very high level and by, by no means like i'm an expert so uh, but it kind of like evolved into like baroque which is like bach mm -hmm. um where it's a lot of development of harmony mm -hmm. and the ideas behind like what is a chord what is like a bass like scale things like that and then you kind of go from there into like what's known as like classical which is like mozart um that era where mm. they're starting to develop to develop more of like a melody instead of just like oh we're playing like different notes that fit within a scale and like evolving that scale now it's like we're actually going to have melody and feeling a little bit like kind of incorporated um and then from there you go into romantic where the emphasis is now instead of being all technical like how like mm -hmm. difficult is it to play like it became a shift into like how expressive is it like and I think that's actually why I like that era. And then going into Impressionist where it kind of is like starting to go even more dreamy, breaking rules of like traditional, like what is like a chord, things like that. And like kind of messing around with the rules of music um, to create that like feeling or create like a soundscape that mirrors like something that's like life. Yeah. So you obviously have a passion for the history of the music, like, is is this like one of the like do you remember this as like one of the first things you remember like being super interested in learning about uh because like i don't mean to take away from everything that you just <laughs> said but like that makes a lot of sense to me and it like obviously connected with you somehow and gave you the ability to tap in because like for a lot of people that would be kind of boring to to learn that but like to you it means something to you and you're able to like dig like really deep into that so like was that like a part of like is that how you knew that it was like a, a love of yours that learning about it was such a i just think it kind of came with it like when i yeah. loved music i was like i kind of want to know more about it mm -hmm. and i'm sure like um with your favorite bands or um like you probably can name all the different like band members you can even name like who their influences were and even like for a specific genre like how that genre came to be how it evolved over time um so i, I don't know maybe i'm just like a huge nerd but like i like <laughs> i like kind of like geeking out and nerding out over these things no i like that I like that. Um, so you make this kind of music. What like you're on the subway, you're going to work, you're coming home. What do you what's like what do you listen to? Uh ooh, that's a good question. I think it depends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a mood thing. So we we literally yeah. were talking about fashion and like yeah. uh like what do you put on in the morning? And it's like purely a mood thing. Hmm. I think for me it's kind of like a mood thing. Sometimes I like I don't know. Sometimes I'm listening to like Metallica or like I'll be listening to Nirvana. Mm -hmm. And then other times I'm listening to like My Chemical Romance. Mm. But then other times it shifts and I'm suddenly listening to like, you know, like Chopin. And, like, <laughs> Arthur Rubenstein, of course, is like the best Chopin player of all time. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Hands down, by the way. You're throwing but, it out there. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but it'll like go from there into like, yeah. So it, like I think, yeah, it kind of just varies. It's like a mood thing. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I forgot what I was going to go back to. I feel like I jumped over something. I don't know. It's all good. What do you listen to when you're like on the subway? Do you have like a go-to genre or um, artist? Honestly, I asked the question and it's a mood thing for me too. But like also on the subway, I prefer to read rather mm. than uh, listen because I'm terrified that I'm going to be on an express train for like 100 stops rather than... So I tend to read and it also is like, it makes it go so much faster when I read, but I mean, also it all depends. Like 
I'm also hmm, trying to, what I've I, what have I been listening to lately? Um, well, uh, tomorrow, well, I've been going to a bunch of country concerts, so I've been listening nice. to the set lists of them. Like last week was um, Turnpike Troubadours, so I listened to their oh, set yeah, list. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to see Tyler Childers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to his set list and his new song that just came out, and I hope he plays it tomorrow. Um, yeah, but like if I'm typically not like preparing for a concert, like it's typically like stuff you wouldn't expect like either really poppy so or like really like alt rock so that like i can hear it because i'm like if i'm gonna listen to like a slow like zach bryan song i want to hear it i don't want to be like on the subway that's totally fair but yeah actually lately (laughs) like before i was tyler i was listening to a lot of beyonce (laughs) on the subway but (laughs) That was, was great. I know yeah. it was great, but that yeah. was, I hadn't like listened to a lot of it. Like I mm. knew like the songs that are always on the radio, but I was like, wow, every single one of these is like really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's me like lately, but yeah, it all depends on, all depends on the mood and mm. yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it got moodier when I quit driving when I moved here. Mm. Cause I feel like there's like driving music and that doesn't always fit your mood your mood is like based on i'm driving i'm gonna have like the windows down and that's true but. and i also find that when i'm driving i need to have music that's like a little bit more chill or soothing otherwise i oh really i don't know i don't know about you but like it kind of feeds into like yeah. how i drive too or like how angry i get at the person in front of me yeah it, depending on like how angsty it is yeah interesting i like music i can sing along to so i typically go country because country is the easiest to sing along to you hear the chorus once it's gonna be the same <laughs> over and over again so like even if you don't know it Mm. that well it's pretty easy to pick up on certain parts right Mm. so then what do you do listen to when you uh get in the car oh that's more chill what's your category of more chill i actually have a a playlist um okay it's called chill (laughs) yeah it's on spotify it's a public playlist um but yeah it's it's like a 30 song rotation that i it's always gonna be 30 songs but it's always changing um and i think i've probably gone through like close to like six or 700 songs now throughout me like creating this playlist. And actually yeah. it was like a mini project I wanted to do. Um, What's your Spotify handle? Uh, my Spotify, it's, let me see. I think you actually look up my artist name. <laughs> well, so I didn't. And I think it's, uh, it was, a, it was EI. EI? Yeah. This. Uh, oh, oh. I think at the bottom there should be like, a, is it there? Oh, it's yeah, yeah. On there's, there's chill, chill and then there's, there's unchill. Un-chill. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, I don't recognize a lot of these. But yeah, it's a, like a thirty song playlist that I keep changing, and I actually did it oh, because you... I was looking for inspiration, and so it, it kind of forces me to have to keep looking for new music that kind of like inspires Fits me. It. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got one that's like this. That's like um, I call it like today's that's just why i call it just today's and so i like filter in and usually the top is like stuff that i've like beat to death and then the bottom is the more recent stuff and so then i end up taking stuff off the top and then going back to the bottom wait when you go into a playlist that you've kind of like built over time for a long time do you like skip straight to the bottom to listen to like the fresh stuff or do you like 
Typically, yeah, I go straight to the bottom. <laughs> like on like the big ones, like I have one I called My Vault because yeah. I have big thumbs and the like your liked playlist on Spotify, I can way too often accidentally like unlike like it yeah and i don't want to lose it so i have i instead manually just add it to like a my vault playlist so that i don't lose it but yeah i always scroll super far and then go down to the bottom so like those are the things i like lately hmm. until the on repeat like playlist came out hmm. like they spotify just had like the theory. algorithm they have yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice yeah have you ever had a bad driving experience when you played too angsty music because it sounds like there's a story there um I don't know if it's like a specific incident in particular, but I've definitely driven more aggressively. If I'm listening to like neurofunk or something, which is like a, mm -hmm. a really aggressive subgenre of drum and bass, I can speak <laughs> like weaving and speeding without like really even noticing it, you know? Yeah. I remember one time in high school, I um, was, I had to work after a basketball practice. And I like kind of like panicked because my practice ran over and I like was like panicked. I was like, I'm going to be late for work. <laughs> and like um, I kind of my way to calm myself down was to like kind of lean into it and be like, all right, I'm just like going to have to be like the Dukes of Hazard <laughs> here and just blaze it. And I'm not going to like get angry about this. So I'm just yeah. going to like lean into it. And I throw on like Freebird. Mm. so and it took and that's about as long as i expected it to take because normally the drive from my high school to uh where i worked is like 12 minutes okay but like Freebird's is long enough that i could definitely do it in like one shot i was like this is an opportunity <laughs> i was trying to distract myself from being angry and like i peel out of high school and i'm like going 90 and like a 35 <laughs> and then there's like lights that come on behind me and i was like oh no i'm <laughs> in so in trouble and i pull over and then the cop just blows by, by you yeah, wow they were going somewhere else and i was just like i'll never mm. forget that moment i was like never again will i be angry and throw on freebird and start driving <laughs> or maybe freebird saved you who knows it might have <laughs> honestly it might have been the only reason that i didn't but because you're a free know. bird you're not in, you're not in jail yeah. i totally forgot that that happened until <laughs> this conversation but <laughs> yeah um yeah i'll turn on some angsty music though when i'm walking around the city sometimes just to like We've. I was actually listening to sang, some angsty music on the way here. I was okay. running a little bit late, so I was like, oh, I gotta, <laughs> you know, I gotta like, yeah, pull, you know, yeah. No, uh, and kids. I think we're the opposite. Then when I walk around, I'll show you my walking around playlist. We'll see what you. I made it. I made it collectively over like New York because obviously, I moved here very broke <laughs> and was broke for a long time. Um. And so, like, I couldn't afford to go in anywhere because you breathe and it costs $50 here. <laughs> and so I would just walk around. Like, just I think it's just a fun New York thing to do um, when you first move here and you can't afford anything. Let's see. Do you think your music taste changed since moving here? And if so, like, in what ways? Um, yeah. So here's my walk around playlist. You can scroll through. Ooh. It's like, it's just like classics. Yeah, these are classics. Yeah. So like when I moved here, I was hoping to like make some kind of mark in the arts and creativity. And I was a construction worker that had an accounting mm -hmm. degree. And I really felt like I needed to educate myself like culturally, which I didn't need to. I felt the same thing when I got to college and finally had free access to Netflix. And I was just like, I need to watch every movie so I can make every reference and get every reference. 
So I met this guy uh, when I worked in nonprofit um, named Richie Coster. He was such a big help to me when I moved here. He did a lot of like kind things for me, but he said we were sitting around in this. Um, so I worked at a nonprofit that helped homeless people. So I wasn't homeless. I was in a homeless shelter volunteering hmm. and we were playing Jenga with a bunch of people. And then all these really old guys that, you know, had seen the harder side of life were talking. They just like I saw in their eyes, like all lose like the hardships of outside together while they were talking about who they thought the greatest vocalist was like of all mm. time that they can remember. And I remember just sitting there like, this is an incredible moment and I need to write down every single one of these names and like remember who they are. So I think that particularly shaped me. So like, I want to know what was classic, like what was like considered like the class of music. And so from that, I discovered like Donny Hathaway, a lot of great Elvis music, a lot of Frank Sinatra music, yeah, yeah, Freddie Mercury and like Queen and like all those different things. So I feel like I like, like fanned out like what I like historically knew. So you didn't listen to those growing up? No, not really. Huh. We listened to mostly just like wholesome Christian music. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, I grew into like loving country music because that's um, what all my friends listened to. Like we had a drive your tractor to school day. Like that's <laughs> those are, if you didn't listen to country music, you were kind of like the oddball. But yeah, and like... That's like one thing too. Like, um, I there was the first time music made me feel like I wanted to become somebody, mm. and I was like, I want to be, I want to be like, I want to work with my hands. I want to feel like I've done a hard day's work and know what that means, and like have people respect me and not make fun of me for being like a yuppie and like all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not that I proved <laughs> them wrong by moving to New York City and working, and working in tech, yeah. uh, but. You know, it's just like made me like have the idea I wanted to be a cowboy kind of like right. idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my experiences. So like that stuck around with me because that's a very shaping part of my life was wanting to be this like ideal. And then it was very important to me for like six or seven years and it'll always be with me and I'll always love that music. But like definitely I, fanned out. I saw that as one of your questions. Yeah. Is like uh, how like has music has music ever like made you want to be like someone or yeah um become something and i know like you talk about like um like acting and like yeah potentially even like wanting to mm -hmm. reconsider that as like a future career like is there any music that kind of sh like shapes that for you or like um yeah so like so we listen to we listen to only wholesome music only watch wholesome old movies and so like we didn't watch a lot of them, um, but um, the music um, that really made me want to do that was anything Fred Astaire sang mm. uh, in his movies because he was my favorite movie star. My older sister, Carolyn, likes to take credit for that, but I also love them. There was one that I was shameless about. I was like, I love Fred Astaire. Like, he's got great stuff. Um, and so just the way that he would sing and like all that stuff and – I. I remember watching a documentary of like he wasn't the best singer, but like he was so technically perfect mm. and like he could just make you feel anything because he was like genuine. And like I was like, yeah, I feel that. And then like listening to like Georgian Ira Gershwin, like writing music just for him and his musicals because they're like, this is what you're going to get out of him. And this is like we want to place this in him. And so like um, 
probably the song that if I'm going to narrow it down to one song, it was, it's in my favorite movie. I actually got made fun of at work for telling like all these like C-suite guys that it was my favorite movie. Cause like it was remade by like J J Lo and like Hugh Grant or something in the nineties. Oh. And I didn't know because I just know the 1937 <laughs> so the version. I thought you were talking the nineties version. No, you <laughs> know, and like, and I was like, no, 1937 shall we dance is the movie. And there's like, so basically it's a big, like, it's a comedy or like a romantic comedy. And, um, they like are kind of put in a juxtaposition where they have to get married because everyone thinks they're married so that they can get divorced. Mm. And in the process of having to get married and then right before they get divorced, they kind of realize they're kind of perfect Actually for each love. other. Yeah. And they're sitting there and Fred Astaire sings the song called You Can't Take That Away From Me. Mm. Um, I have and, to look that one up. Then. I've, yeah. I've actually never heard it. And it was just like, I felt that so many times because they're sitting there like, I'm going to sing you this really romantic song. They're on the ferry outside New York City mm. and they've spent all this time together because they have to. And yet even so, there's like a wall between them and like she, like as she turns away, she's like crying and like, it's just like, that's like, that song like embodied like exactly like it's kind of a funny movie but like it's like that's very real like even though everything says you two should be in love you guys are both gonna just hold on to your like politeness and just like it's like well i'm sure this is they want to just end it so mm. i'm just not gonna say anything while also saying all the perfect things in the song i don't know it's just presenting that feeling on like a screen would be like my dream come true. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's just that song in particular. I actually think I didn't realize this till later in my life, but that is the scene that's playing in the notebook. So I felt really unoriginal. So like in the notebook, <laughs> there's a scene that opens up and like this, that's what's playing on the TV. Oh. And like the opening scene. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the first one to feel this way, but um, yeah. And then uh, the whole inspiration of this like podcast too is this movie called Penny Serenade where they mm. keep a record for um, big moments in their life. And so they have a scrapbook. It's based on a short story. Cary Grant and Irene Hill, they, they, a song plays as you open a scene with um, an important moment in their life of like youth and stupidity and love and marriage and loss and happiness and hard work. And so like they have... A, a record in their book for each moment and like you tell the whole story like through that and that's like i think that's just really cool personally and no, i love that and, idea yeah i've never seen that movie before but i feel like everyone can probably pick an album or an artist mm -hmm. or a song that kind of like defines a period yeah. of their life do you have one <laughs> maybe question. like right now <laughs> no like not right now but oh. at a certain particular time like i had a really tough time my freshman year of college and that was defined by khalid's album american teen like this that was a solid year that i was so anxious i had a hard time falling asleep that i would just listen to that and it would slowly put me to sleep every night like there's like things like that i don't know that's just an example for me hmm. yeah i know it's tough um actually um it's interesting because that playlist I made and I, I showed you, mm -hmm. it started actually after, right after like a six-year long relationship, uh, the mm -hmm. ending of a six-year long relationship. Mm -hmm. And I, it, it's kind of funny because like I've gone back to it sometimes and like I have the like a full version with all the songs that I, that's not public, but I like sometimes go through it and listen and like kind of just scroll through like the different songs I was listening to, like in the different eras. And you can just see like, 
like the mental health like going down. Yeah. <laughs> like with uh, certain songs that are just like super depressing um, and super sad. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been up again. So I think yeah. if if I were to define my l- like current like life stage, like where I'm at right now in life with an artist or like album. Uh, have you heard of Leno? Uh, I feel like I have. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't like know a song off the top of my head, but I feel like the name, I have some name recognition there. Yeah. I feel like he makes like super cool, um, kind of like warm, fuzzy mm-hmm. beats that just make you kind of feel like, oh, life is good. So I feel like I've been, a, I've been in a much better place, like in terms of like mental health. So I, I'd say that's kind of been like, yeah, um, the defining artist of like my current um, state yeah. in life. But yeah, it's always interesting to kind of see like over time, like how that changes. Yeah. Do you have anything like not now that like comes to mind immediately, like high school or college oh, yeah. or early professional? Um, Go for it. Please yeah, do. No, like, high school, like, uh, I mean, I think everyone kind of, well, most people, not everyone, but most people had like a, kind of like an emo phase. Mm-hmm. So I was like learning how to ollie, um, <laughs> like blasting like, you know, MCR or like Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Um you know, with like the little MP3 players you'd have back then. And yeah. I had like the most bootleg set up too because I was poor. So I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> go out and buy, you know, back then you have to yeah. buy like every single song. And it's like, mm-hmm. you either do that or you rip it off of LimeWire. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember like, I, I don't know, I wasn't really technically gifted in terms of like technology. I kept getting viruses and I was like, okay, like I should probably not do this because everyone's getting pissed that I'm like putting viruses on the computer. So I actually had an MP3 that had a radio on it mm. and I would listen to radio and there was like a record button and I would li- literally record songs off the with radio. The, like the static? Yeah, <laughs> with the static too. And like the like talk show host and everything like over it. But it was probably like the most bootleg thing I ever had to do. That's funny. To like get songs like on repeat. But yeah, That's you do what funny. you have to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy when you're young and you have to go through your parents' credit card, how quickly 99 cents adds up back yeah. in the day. Did you ever have a friend that like is like, hey, if you need it, I can like jailbreak an iPod for you? Oh yeah, we all, we all <laughs> have one of those friends. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had one of those. Uh, do you want to say their name? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't be exposing him like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Did they end up doing well with their life? He's in tech now. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's in tech. Yeah, he works for Twitch. So hey, yeah, he's, he's doing, doing right. Well. Yeah, he's doing right. Well. Um, we're kind of getting to the tail end here. Do we want to go through a couple of the the prompts before we start wrapping up? Yeah, sure. All right. So you picked this first one. Um, a song, album, or artist that reminds you of a particular place in time. Um, yeah, I think... Actually, this is kind of <laughs> sad. But like last fall, I had gone through kind of like a rough um, ending of... Um, I guess I wouldn't call it like a official relationship but it was kind of like a situationship um but yeah no uh lizzie mcalpine's five seconds flat it's a song oh it's an album yeah okay um i think that was like a very defining album last year it was just like i was all up in my sad boy hours and i just remember like i'd literally go into central park because i lived Mm -hmm. i lived like right off of like 73rd street um walking distance of central park so i'd just walk to central park with like no one there it was just me Mm-hmm. And this was like when it was starting to get really cold. So I'd just be kind of like walking through the park alone, just like playing it to myself with like a, a latte in my hand. Yeah. And just so like shed a single tear, you know. <laughs> was there um, uh, a 
particular place in Central Park, like a, a like an exact spot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the lake, and actually uh, the specifically, no, no, or so, down, down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah south yeah, yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. there's like the the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which actually has fish in it that you can you can fish apparently. Uh -huh. Um, which I thought was really interesting, but um, yeah, no, like there's like on the west side of it, there's a little part near like the ladies pavilion that kind of just like mm -hmm. dips and yeah. there's like a like they'll have live jazz bands play there sometimes mm -hmm. so i would go there sometimes to like listen to live music if they had artists but if not i just sit there anyway uh, i know i think that was like a sad place to be but it was kind of like good for me to kind of make yeah. reconciliation with it because that was one of the places i actually took her on one of our dates ah and so it. i don't know if you any of you all ever just kind of like Revisit places to reclaim it. I, I know you have. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about the Spaniard here. Yeah, but um, well, that's been reclaimed. <laughs> it's been reclaimed, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I hate it. Like you bring someone to like your favorite place um, in the city, and suddenly you're like, oh, every time I'm there, it reminds me of them. So I have to go back and be like, no, I'm reclaiming this. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like that question has always been answered with something kind of sad, and for me mm -hmm. too. But like, but like that that's a good thing because i feel like um because it's just a time and place i feel like time and place you're usually alone but like if it's something that's happy you usually remember the people you're with mm. um rather than the time and place you are because like i feel like everything else is like fuzzy when you're like having a great time and remembering like who you're with and then time and place is different usually alone no, I like that. Actually, I haven't thought of it, about it like that before, but yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Your story reminded me, have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? No, I haven't. I, I, you've talked about this before, but I haven't seen I it I think yet. it's one of the best rom-coms ever, but there's a scene <laughs> where they're just walking through Central Park together and it's like mm. there's leaves blowing all the way around and that's just kind of what it reminds the movie of. Magic. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you picture yourself like in a scene like that? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I just a lot of New York movies made me love New York. I didn't watch it till after I moved here, but hmm. I did go through an era where I watched a bunch of New York movies when I first moved here, trying to remind myself in April 2020 after we moved here and like wondering, God, why am I here? And the world is ending. I just got here and I watched like that movie and I watched like Taxi Driver and like just all these other like classic like New York movies. Yeah, there's so many movies that romanticize being in the city, but I feel like when you listen to music and are actually just walking around yeah like iconic parts of the city or even just like quiet parts that no one knows about like your own neighborhood yeah i think there's just something so special about that yeah also another great rom-com is uh definitely maybe the opening scene ryan reynolds is walking around to but he's one of your favorites people. right he, he's yeah, one yeah. of them i love a lot of ryan's <laughs> <laughs> but um he he opens it up by uh walking around to go pick up his daughter mm. In the opening credits um to everyday people and i was like that is, i know exactly what they're trying to get at there i really like that um yeah well we'll jump to the next one um a song album or artist that you have a vivid memory of hearing live yeah um i actually got to see two of my favorite edm artists last year it was on my birthday um at brooklyn mirage Mm -hmm. But it was um, like San Holo. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard of him, yeah. San Holo back-to-back -back with Marion. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, it was just like two of my favorite albums. There's like the BBUOK album by San Holo. And he kind of did like a live 
I mean, he played a lot of like songs from there, but it was just like so magical because it was raining. And then if you're ever, if you've ever been to like any kind of like rave or kind of like concert setting where there's just like a ton of lasers and lights with like rain, it just suddenly gets like 10 times more magical. Yeah. Um, so it was just like one of the, the, the super most memorable moments where, um, yeah, just being surrounded by like my friends and family and just um, being like, wow, this is like actually real. Yeah. And the, I think Matty Allen's playing his uh, Good Faith tour and that's a really good album too. So yeah. If you, haven't hear, if you haven't listened to it, I definitely recommend it. I have not listened to it. And he's like touring that right now. Um, or you, you, or you're saying you saw, you saw him? I saw it was last year. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of live, we've been talking about going to elsewhere for a long time and we still we haven't have. done done it. But this fall, we definitely should. Yeah. For sure. I'll pick it. I'll pick it like a weekend. And we'll, we'll pick one and yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely go. Um, yeah. I think branching off of that, what do you remember what your first live concert was? Mm. Honestly, it's so hard to say. I can't say I do. Mm. Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah. I know the first EDM concert I ever went to was Zed. That oh, was really? In, yeah. Where did you see him? Uh, it was in Madison Square Garden. That was 2014, 2014 I think. I don't remember, Dang. but it was like his like True Colors tour. So that was like that was like a big deal, wasn't it? Yeah, I had yeah. to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I was like kind of was, like nosebleeds, but it was cool. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't quite into like <laughs> the entire entirety of society yet, but I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you said, twenty twelve. Oh no, I was like twenty thirteen or fourteen. Twenty thirteen, yeah, 14. yeah. So I was like fifteen. So I was like, yeah. I think maybe I'm getting the dates wrong. I mean, I don't know. My heads, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> it's been a long day. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Is there um, at that concert at Brooklyn Mirage, which I haven't been to yet, but I've heard it's a lot of fun, and that you should plan to show up two hours later than when <laughs> the artist you want to see is set to come on. Yeah, if it's like nine p- p.m., it's usually going to be like eleven p.m. or twelve a.m. They don't start. Yeah. Um, do you remember a specific like moment or a specific song? Uh, I think specific moment. Um, honestly, not really. I mean, there was this like, Mariana had some like stage theatrics where mm-hmm. he actually at one point got on a platform and like was suspended in the air. And it was just like the craziest thing to see because all you would see is his silhouette with like a ton of lights behind him. Um, and it was just like visually very like aesthetic and appealing. Yeah. And he did a lot of like cool, cool things like with that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he was like interacting with like the screens and lights behind him. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like cool. Um, the showmanship it, was just as much a part of. Yeah. Yeah. For the sure. Experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't tend to go to concerts where there's great like showmanship. <laughs> I'm mm. just there for like, like I, I go to a lot of country concerts. And so like, yeah, they're getting rowdy and you're clapping your hands and you're wearing a cowboy hat. But like. <laughs> There's not like a ton of the lights or the like lasers or or whatever, but that's yeah. nice too though. I feel like sometimes I, yeah. like all the extra stuff is not needed. I you feel just like make good music. We have talked about this, and you don't believe me sometimes, but I have really bad social anxiety in certain <laughs> settings, and um, I feel like I would be overwhelmed and not be able to enjoy myself in mm-hmm. those situations. Like when I went to elsewhere that one time, I was with good friends, and it wasn't like super packed, and I was like. Okay, I can handle this. And we also, because have you've been there before, right? 
I actually never been to Elsewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, there's like a certain part where you can go up on the stage and like, or there's like a platform. And so like, it's like upper terrace type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Oh. And so we got up there and I was like, okay, I can breathe. I can, I'm not like lost in like the situation and like, but I don't know. I do just really enjoy just someone up there singing songs I like. I feel that. I don't know if it's a social anxiety thing so much as it's an age thing because like I used to be like in the middle of it, you know, getting pushed pushed around, drinks spilled on me and everything. But now there's mm -hmm. like a lot of memes about it too, but like all like the old, like approaching 30 or past 30 <laughs> ravers, it's always in the back. You're always just kind of like headbanging in the back and that's like, that's our thing. Yeah. Turning 25 is maybe getting to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Do you want to try one more? Yeah, sure. Oh, we did this on the last one, but... It might be hard to have an answer. A song, album, or artist that you didn't realize was so sad until you actually listened closely to the words. Mm. Off the top of your head, that might not be easy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there is one that's right off the top of my head. Mm. I would say, though, like, I've been binging a lot of, like, Lizzie McAlpine's music. Mm -hmm. And, like, it does take a second listen sometimes to, like, really get the depth of her words. And I think, like, sometimes... I think she's one of the, like my favorite lyricists in terms of like how she writes things because it's not just given to you straightforward. It's mm -hmm. always kind of written in a way um, that's just like really poetic and beautiful. And sometimes it requires that second listen and like like a dwelling on um, the lyrics to kind of, yeah, to really get yeah. the fullness of it. Yeah, I feel I'm trying to think for me who's always been that way. I don't know. Last time my answer was um, a Jason Isbell song. Um, if We Were Vampires. Also, Cover Me Up by him was another one. But yeah. Um, it's like you think it's like this. It's also, is there anything like, because it's really good music. Do you think really good, like enjoyable music, like keeps you from like getting to the true heart of it until you like wake up sometimes? Because like, the song that I'm thinking of, Cover Me Up, is just like, oh, this is like, I, I can sing this. I feel this. But then you realize, and then you actually hear the words. And it's like, I am feeling something very sad. Like something inspired it that was really sad. But like, hmm. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> I don't know. I I find that anytime the lyrics like um are really powerful. I, I, I think like my favorite type of songwriting is like when they are able to like pair the lyrics in a way that matches the music really well. And so that's kind of like how I, and this is again, like my own personal like definition of like good songwriting. Mm -hmm. But I think um, if you're gonna have lyrics, cause I don't think all songs need lyrics, but if you are gonna have lyrics, finding a way to have the words, I mean, like this is like the hardest part for me cause I suck at lyrics and I always like work with people to write the lyrics. Actually for both my songs that I've released so far, I've had to work with them on like what to actually write and how to put thoughts into words. But I think um, it's it's something really magical and beautiful when you can have an artist that is able to express the words in a way that's sung really beautifully, but also where like the notes themselves carry like the weight of the words and mm -hmm. then the chords that kind of back that as well as like the composition of the instruments all kind of align perfectly to like bring about like a certain yeah. feeling or mood. I feel that. This might not be the expected response, but for me, when I realized like that, the person for me, the artist for me, that was like, 
oh, this whole thing is a masterpiece was <laughs> Eminem. Really? <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just like these words, like usually like the words and like the actual music itself were like flipped. Like the words mm. were just the filler and then the music was telling you how to feel rather than like the words telling you and then the music being the compliment. But I don't know. But yes, I agree with you on on that. But maybe there's more classical responses than Eminem. <laughs> but like I remember feeling like this whole like it can't be the words that are the, the meaning of the words that are making me feel this way. It's like the whole thing. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I have like the flipped actually. Yeah. Uh, when I was talking about like Lincoln Park, actually, now that I, I think about it, I think Lincoln Park is probably my answer to that question. You know, when you're like in middle school and you're just belting the the words of numb. Uh, oh yes, yeah. yeah. And, and then you like, don't really realize that it's actually like really depressing until yeah. uh, and it's especially just, with like what happened with like Chester and just like mental health being such like a real thing. I think yeah, sometimes it's like you revisit these old songs and you're like, wow. Like, yeah. Differently. No, that song, like, I think I recently re-listened to it. And I had a kind of a tough go of it a couple weeks ago. Like, generally struggle with depression occasionally. It's a lot less frequent than it used to be. But, like, there's this feeling. I actually tried to explain it to somebody. And maybe I have this individual experience. But, like, in depression, like, you just wake up in the morning and it's like this, like, oh, what's the song? Like, the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. <laughs> and it's like everything's just, like, just warm and you don't want to get out of bed. But you're, like, really sad and you feel like a, like, lead. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. And I was like, that is what they're describing to me. Like that. I was mm -hmm. like, now I know exactly like what that that feeling is of like they're trying to describe, but also they're saying it in the way that they know how to express it. Yeah. Through like just heavy alt rock. Alt rock. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> now, music yeah. beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think we're almost running out of time. I uh I really enjoyed this conversation like oh, a me lot too. and um, <laughs> definitely hope that we continue it um, going forward and maybe we can have you back for another time. But um, yeah, if you're out there, listen to his music. Handle is Flo Sidon, right? Yeah. I it's like Flo Sidon was like FL before. <laughs> I clearly was struggling to type it earlier, <laughs> but I'll uh, be sure to link it. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. Um, oh, thanks so, so really much for having me. It. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks. All good. We really ended on a happy note there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy. <laughs> Not